Between Sunday is a weekly Grace Church podcast that aims to make your midweek just a little more enjoyable. Today we're going to dive headfirst into this past weekend's message about singleness and talk with one of my favorite people, Joanna Cobb. But before that, let me welcome in my two amazing co-hosts, Barry and Marin. Welcome, guys. Hey, everyone. Guys, Thanksgiving week, we made it. Yeah. Did you ever think we'd get here? Yeah, that's how time well, works. Well, I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's November. Does it feel like November to you? I feel like yes, it, does, it does. Oh, my gosh. I feel like time this this year is just like we're still in April or something. I don't feel like it should be November already. Summer did go by way too fast. Yeah. Like, I blinked and it was over. So I didn't I, even go I, to I the guess state I fair. <gasps> you didn't? Oh, man. No. I even you, went to the state fair. The Indiana one? Yeah. Like, as a first What'd you think? Um, I enjoyed the company. I went with oh, all oh, that's Jack a very diplomatic way to say it. That is not a commentary on the state I fair. I have an excellent picture of Jackie and I eating a grilled cheese. Jackie, Jackie Otto. Otto in the bookstore. In the bookstore. Great. Eating a grilled cheese. She's She's been showing me the ropes of, you know, what it means Indiana. to live in central Indiana. And so she took you to the us. fair. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so your takeaway was... Forget the fair. I like the company. <laughs> My takeaway was, wow, that was a good grilled cheese, but I could probably do that at home. Yeah, the dairy barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have the uh, the deep fried oil? <laughs> like they just went ahead and went straight to just deep frying the oil itself <laughs> in like a little tube. I made that yeah. up. That's not true. But they but might they, as well. They do like deep, deep fried, fried butter and Snickers bars. They did yeah. a, there it's was weird. a lot of deep fried things. We ate a lot of corn that day. I'm a big fan of corn, so it was fun. Yeah, it was great. Fun. Well, now we're at Thanksgiving, and I, for one, cannot believe we are here. I do not feel like it should be November, and I do not feel like we are ready to make our way through the holidays and make our way to into 2018. I don't feel like yeah. we're, it's time to do that yet. We're, yeah. not, we're not ready. I'm not I'm ready. ready. I know yeah. people who have bought all their Christmas presents online already, and I oh have my purchased goodness. absolutely nothing. Isn't buying Zero them online, isn't, that the, isn't the point of that that you can do it at the last minute? That's what I do. Well, yeah. But I, then it's shipping and delivery, and it's time. Amazon Prime. I do have Amazon Prime. Just destroying the earth one package at a time. Forget that. Amazon Now. That'll be here in like seven minutes. <laughs> right. Someone is waiting to bring you their package. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So I do want to talk about Thanksgiving. What uh, what traditions? Guys, do you have traditions, or what are you guys doing this week? I'm going back to Chicago for Thanksgiving. Oh, you are? I am. I'm really excited. I haven't seen my... Family uh, in Naperville for a long time. Um, every year, I make the pies. Every single year. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you make? I make a pumpkin pie, a pumpkin meringue pie, and a Dutch apple pie. Typically three, sometimes four, sometimes I Dutch do a, apple pie. a that regular is... apple instead of Dutch apple, but pumpkin what's and the, apple is what we do. What's the difference between a, a, so pie, a apple Dutch pie and apple, a Dutch apple pie? Mm-hmm, a Dutch apple has like a streusel topping, like um, that crumbly goodness Flour and brown sugar and butter, 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 mm-hmm. and that. Um, and then a regular apple pie has just a regular pie. So you're bringing three pies. At least three pies. And turkey dinner, I assume. Who makes that? My Aunt Cindy, my dad's sister. She has a brand new remodeled kitchen that's like a chef's kitchen. Like, you know when you go to mm-hmm. a restaurant and they have those rolling racks like that are taller than you with like the metal sheet pans to like oh, yeah. warmers? She has that She has in an her industrial... Home. She what? does. Absolutely. Industrial grade (laughs) gourmet kitchen. Does she have one of those like pull down dishwasher thingies that can dishwash like 400 dishes at the same time or something like that? I think that might be the the only. Well, (laughs) she did get a a Bosch. Should I not say that? It's it's expensive. It's a name brand, but she got a really expensive dishwasher. Anyway, it's going to be awesome. I'm so stoked. I missed Easter 
at her house, which was a super bummer. So I was it sounds like she's made not it to miss Thanksgiving. She's made it. Yeah. So <laughs> there's there's two things I I want to ask about her. Does she have is her microwave in a drawer? Yes. Okay. That is a sign that you've made it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> two. Does she have a freezer that is bottom drawer? Of course. Yeah, you've definitely made it if oh, your freezer's bottom drawer. Congratulations, Aunt Cindy. You made it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, My fridge is still like top drawer freezer, and I'm like, I still got a ways to go. Oh, yeah. so I awesome. still got a ways to go. My microwave is not <laughs> in a drawer. Just sitting on the, on the top of the counter like a... Yeah, it's just sitting there, just sitting taking there. up space. Man. Barry, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm driving everywhere. Yeah, and I'm having multiple Thanksgiving dinner. I've already had a Thanksgiving yeah, you dinner. Did. You so, did? Yeah, like I was just in Chicago for about two minutes. Went up there to see my sister. My mom and dad were up there, and so we had Thanksgiving, like a kind of a Thanksgiving dinner there. Came back just for the podcast. Not actually yeah. true. But please I'd, tell the people you gave the sermon yesterday. I, yeah. I preached so yesterday. We're recording this on Monday, and I'm off this week. This is how much I love the podcast. <laughs> yeah, like I actually came back That's to record awesome. this podcast, but. Yeah, and then tonight, actually right after the, recording the podcast, it's Monday we're recording this, and I'm going to be driving right over to my in-law's house to have another Thanksgiving dinner. And then on Wednesday morning, uh, Olivia and I are getting in a car, and we are going to drive all the way out to near Philadelphia for another Thanksgiving dinner. So, all kinds of gravy and taters, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've already had Thanksgiving. Did you make the food? Like, what do you guys do? I didn't have to do anything. Did you go my, out? No, my sister, I'm married to uh, someone who loves to cook and like loves fancy schmancy stuff. My sister is totally into gourmet cuisine and my dad mm. does oh, it yeah. as a hobby. So I rarely have to break a sweat. I, I wash a lot of dishes and I really mm -hmm. wish I had one of those hyper fancy ones. But <laughs> in a drawer. In a drawer. In a drawer. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, my sister made, like, some amazing, amazing stuff. So I was very pleased. Um, so Marin brings the pies. What do what are you and Olivia bringing? Anything? Liv is pretty much all, making all of tonight's dinner herself. Wow. So I'm going to go over and help her after that. Uh, and then I don't know what we're doing on Thursday. I'm just driving. I'm just the chauffeur, really. Okay. Well, we uh, we go to my wife's parents every year and I we have two turkeys usually because because of how many people there are I get to smoke one on a on a smoker at my house and bring it this year I'm up at the ante I'm not only doing a turkey but I am th I think on the grill I'm going to make a chocolate bourbon pie what on the, on the grill why on the what? grill that seems like a lot of because extra work it, it apparently can it, can it, we it, say <laughs> bourbon on this podcast well yeah. As long as it's in a pie. Yeah, it's in, it cooks out. Like the, the dangerous parts cook out. <laughs> the dangerous parts. <laughs> All right, so that's Thanksgiving. What uh, what else is on your mind? I know you guys had both had busy, busy weekends. All right, well, I, I, I got to get this off my chest right away. Do it. It's top of the podcast. I spoke to both of your wives yesterday. Uh oh it just so happened that by a miracle, we all ended up in the 11 o'clock service together. Uh -huh. um, the power outage at North Indy brought Tyler and Lauren our way. Um, and then you, were, of course, were giving the message and I was leading worship. So there we all were, end of service, hanging out, lingering in the auditorium. And I see them there. And I've been I've had a burning question for both of your wives since last week. Oh, no. You talked a lot about your wives on the podcast last week. And I just... There were a couple of moments where okay? I, I was Are looking we good? at you guys like, 
you sure you want to say that right now? Oh, no. And I, yeah, what I just, did we say? I, well, they can go back and they can listen yeah. to last week's podcast. But you were talking about Enneagram numbers. And so this is what they said. And I just, our wives this said this is what about your wives us. said. I asked them how they felt and they both laughed. And Lauren said, I'm not late nearly as often as he made it sound like I am. Tyler, you made it sound like your wife is Guys, habitually late, chronically late. We are a production now. <laughs> I have to tell great stories. It doesn't sound great when she's only late like sometimes. She's got to be late embellish. all the time. And uh, <laughs> Olivia said that she's not eternally sad. So I didn't say she was eternally sad. We do sad. want to just make these corrections I didn't say here. that. I did not say that. I would never say that she's eternally sad, just like most of the time. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not to be outdone, uh, my husband, Jed, said uh -oh. that uh, Olivia, Lauren, and he should get together and do a podcast. Yeah, counterpod. A counterpod podcast <laughs> yeah. called Between Mondays. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great that, idea. That would be very I would insightful. listen to that. I would you actually know, really Marianne, listen to that. When we invited you to be a part of this show, <laughs> I did not know that we were getting a show ombudsman. Oh, what is, what wow. is that? That is somebody that just like holds everybody accountable for what they say and makes corrections. Well, you should have done your homework. Oh, that's only goodness. the second time I've heard that word today. It's ombudsman? Amazing. No, it's actually the first. <laughs> yeah. I don't use that a lot, but. No, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for holding us accountable. She's late. Let's just end it there. Olivia, if I in any way <laughs> offended you or mischaracterized you, obviously I I repent in dust and ashes. Oh my goodness, go. that is a little yes. aggressive. I just want to make sure that she understands when how you deeply repent, you should I apologize repent all the way. Yeah. All the way. So, so here's the thing, for guys, the, the segment that's what on what's on your mind, you wanted to bring this up or I, is there something else I you wanted to talk about? To this is this on up. her mind. <laughs> I was desperate to bring this up because of something else that happened. My mother was in town over the weekend and we were at a restaurant on 96th Street. Um, oh, I should get their names right. Anyway, my mom is talking to me. We're engaged in conversation. It's just the two of us. And then she kind of tilts her head and turns her body sideways in her chair and she whispers to me, shh, Marin, that couple behind us, they just said the words between Sundays and podcast. Oh, And I'm like, boy. Mom, no. And my mother, made it. she turned all the way around to this couple and said, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I just, I, I heard you say between Sundays and this is Marin. She's on it. This, and it was Barry on, and Olivia. No, oh, it wasn't. Was it? it wasn't. Well, now I texted myself their names, so I'll have to look that up. Jeff and Amy, who attend Amy. the Fishers campus. Great. Well, Jeff and Amy, thanks for listening. Thank you for that listening. That was awesome. Now, yes. hold on. Did and they... I had to apologize. I'm sorry my mother was eavesdropping on your conversation. <laughs> were they did, Were they referring to <laughs> yeah. you because they saw you and they were talking? No. They no, just they happened just... to be talking no. about, guys, we are taking over the world. Yeah. Right. This podcast. We're doing it. So we're actually, really doing it. But <laughs> I, since I was preaching this weekend, I had multiple people come up to me and they didn't want to talk about the sermon. They wanted to talk about the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, we're on to something here. Yeah, we... That scares me a little bit. Making I, moves. I, I found it easier to do when I thought no one was listening. Really? Right? Now now the pressure's on because yeah. Jeff and uh, Amy are listening? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because Jeff and Amy are listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's make this one a good one. All right. Barry, what's on your mind? What's happening? Well, I yeah, I mean, I just preached this weekend. And so last week was, you know, kind of crazy getting ready for that. A bunch of other stuff going on. But I think the one thing that's on my mind, we're here with Marin and I, Marin led worship at 146th Street this last weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, particularly with that first song, mm. is it just You're Mighty? What's it called? Lord, You're Mighty. Lord, You're Mighty. Mm -hmm. Close enough. Um, I have to be honest, when I first heard the recording, 
like the the professional recording of the song, I was like, eh, mm. yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's all right. It's a little repetitive. When we did it live and Marin led that and like cut loose when mm-hmm. you were just going, I was blown away. I mean, I'm sitting there, tears in my eyes, and I was like, holy cow. I don't think I'd heard you. Was that before you knew she went behind your back and talked to your wife? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have been just sitting there fuming the whole time if I'd known yeah. that. But <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, like, it was such a cool. Thank you. Maybe it's because I know you now, but it was so cool to hear you lead worship. And and having hearing it four times in a row every mm. service, I realized that you were not just saying things or praying things in a way that was uh, a performance. You weren't saying the same things. You were literally listening to the spirit as you were leading mm. and as you were saying wow. things. And I was I was led by that. And I, I, just wanted, yeah. I thought, you know what? I'm going to say that at the podcast. That's why we love you. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm horrible at taking compliments, but thank you so much. I feel like I'm red in my face. Are you feeling better? Better? Um, you were sick last week. Yes, I was. So it was tough. I, four services on yeah. a weekend when you've got a head told, head cold turned, chest cold, kind of bouncing back to head cold. It was a nightmare mess. Mm-hmm. It was a mess. Um, but I got home after everything was said and done yesterday and just was like, yes. Now I can just be sick. <laughs> so yeah, no Vicks, no medicine last night. I'm like, come around. on, body, just do it. Oh, just get it, it done. Did it do it? I mean, it's it's working its way. <laughs> okay. Are you are you uh, a that's all the information sort of a I need. I non-medicine need kind know. of person? You don't you don't? No, um, I do. I okay. This is my I, philosophy. I think it's important, in as much as is possible, for my body to be able to fight its own battles. Right. Right. But. When you've got four services to get through, yeah, I was like pulling out the arsenal of everything I know to do to just preserve some sort of a voice for the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, and oh, yeah. and I I had so many people praying for me. And Barry, you were one of those people. You sent me a text in the middle of the week just asking how I was doing, and knowing that you were praying and Thank so job, many Barry. others were praying. Thank you. I felt like sorry, I I didn't do it. I needed that, and I think we all need that. Um, especially, you know, these weekends, they can be long and they can yeah. be taxing. But I, I knew that the prayers were carrying those notes and helping me get through the weekends. It was That's great. Cool. Oh. I had to stand in the lobby for like 10 minutes because the friend I was bringing was 10 minutes late. But I heard, <laughs> I heard over the lobby speakers and it was great. Why, thank you. <laughs> um, here's what's on my mind. Shopping without spending money. Hmm. So Black Friday's coming up and it's coming smack dab between... My wife and I are making a proclamation that we're tightening the financial belt, okay? Um, it's coming between that and our dog randomly bleeding from his ear, like, all over our carpet. Oh, no. And that's stuff. the worst. So, Is he Ernie, in a cone? Does he have a cone Yeah, he now? has a cone of shame, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, and he's a, big, I mean, he's a big dog. This is, like, 10 p.m., so in order to fix it, we got to pay, take out another mortgage payment and fix him right because you got to take him to the hospital and it's seven thousand dollars to see the vet just to look at you (laughs) and then you know okay so anyways black friday's coming up last weekend lauren and i were like man or she's the kind of person that's just got to do stuff right i'm fine just sitting in one spot being left alone and it's great. She's got to do stuff. So she was like, let's go do stuff. I want to go uh, look for books for the baby. And then I want to go buy plants because I want to be a, quote, plant person. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Don't we all want to be plant people? I kill every plant that comes into my possession. I would love to be a plant person. Yeah. 
But we, I just, we just made the proclamation that we're not spending any money. So she wants to go spend money because she wants to try to be a plant person. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. First of all, I'm, I'm. It's kind of ridiculous to 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 say this is the kind of people we are, and then go and get the yeah, things. Exactly. However, <laughs> I as a as a fellow seven on the enneagram, going back to last week's conversation, I completely yeah. get that. I go, <laughs> I'm like, this is who I want to be now, and this is what I do. And okay. then I'll go buy the things. So shopping without spending money, we go to the bookstore, half price books. I pick out five, like $1 books. She's picking out like seven, $7 books, right? And I'm like, of course, I'm the guy that's like, yeah, but I picked out cheaper books. You should probably get those, right? And she takes that as a insult to her creative choice in books, right? Oh, dear. So smash cut to going to the hardware store to get plants. We don't buy any plants. We basically buy nothing. So what is the, what is the word for shopping without spending money? Because I call that misery. I call it a waste of time. Yeah, waste of time, right? Mm-hmm. So how do how do I go into Black Friday knowing this, but also knowing that we're now plant people and we've got a baby and <laughs> there's all kinds of deals? Like, what are we doing? What what do we do? Do hardware stores have like Black Friday plant deals? Probably. Oh my gosh! Oh man! Deal. Every store. Yeah. Come on in, get your get your house yeah. plants and I avoid well Black the plants Friday of all plants, Christmas trees, are on sale this weekend, right? That's Y'all, true. I already got my Christmas tree. You do in July. Oh, wow. there was a garage sale. Yeah. along River Road, and I stopped, and it was definitely not a plant. Person. It was. How'd you keep that alive this whole time? <laughs> it's, it was a three hundred and fifty dollar tree that I got for twenty five bucks. All right. That's pretty awesome. Because mm-hmm, I'm not a come, plant person. Did it come with lights? No, no. Is it a silver one, like one of those tinsel trees? No, but it actually, it's, I tried to get the most realistic looking fake tree possible. And then I just get a Yankee candle that's like evergreen scented or something. Stick and it right underneath it because it can't it. burn down. Saving so. us money. Yeah. All right. So this past weekend, changing gears here, we talked about singleness at Grace. Barry gave the message. It was great. I want to talk more about that. And before we do that, I want to bring in our honored guest, Joanna Cobb. Welcome, yeah. Joanna. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> yeah, Joanna's been sitting here just watching us talk oh, about nonsense are... for 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is a blast. Yeah. Well, welcome to for... our recording closet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is a closet. That is for sure. So, Joanna, we bring you here because, A, because last week I referred to sixes on the Enneagram. You're a six. Mm-hmm. And I said sixes are some of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. When I said that, I was thinking about you. You're one of my favorite people that I've ever met. You weren't because... thinking about me. I just oh, told yeah, you're you a I six. was a six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Mary. Well, yeah, six, but... six as well. Joanna, though. <laughs> Fellow six. <laughs> you don't understand. Joanna's really great. Yeah. Oh, I do Joanna understand. Joanna is fantastic. I, I get to work with Joanna quite a bit. Mm. I do understand. She so, provides all the snacks and makes everybody happy. This is, oh, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're weekly providing the best snacks to staff members. So you're on staff at Grace. Yes. Uh, how long have you been on staff? Ten, seven years. Wow. Seven years. And you've been a part of Grace for seven years or longer? Um, came to Grace in 2004. Cool. So 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to bring you on to talk about your story, who you are, because you are somebody who, uh, we talked about singleness this past weekend. You are somebody who spent a significant part of your adult life as a single adult within a Christian community, within our Christian community. So I wanted to hear from you. And before we dig into the service, I'd love to just hear how you've navigated through uh, singleness as an adult. Absolutely. 
Well, I want to get you to the place where I think I'm a number six. I want to take you <laughs> back to some childhood trivia to to get us All right. going. Yeah, here, trivia. Okay? Take us there. So Do I we was, need a timer? And I have go. a timer. <laughs> okay. I was born in Kansas City, Missouri. My brother was born in California. The movie Poltergeist was filmed in my neighborhood. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then we moved mm-hmm. to Mississippi. I lived in... My father was a doctor at Parchman Penitentiary. Oh, no. We lived within the gates of the penitentiary. When we had friends and family come to visit, we would give them the tour of the gas chamber (gasps) and the electric chair. Oh, I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. I promise. I had no idea. And then we moved to Greenwood, Mississippi, where where the help is filmed. Oh. And so um, before fifth grade, I moved six different times and went to 11 different schools. I have fear issues and this is why I'm a number six. And you grew up in a penitentiary. (laughs) That's like, was it like green mile? Is that like what? Maximum security was in my backyard. Oh my. Yes. Good. Wow. So did you feel just scared or safe? I I was too young. I I don't, I don't recall. I would feel like that would make you like, tough as a person like growing up Isn't around all of that oh I my think goodness. it's just the amount of moves yeah. has made me a tough person yeah. so as a number six yes the number six fear and trust issues but let's move forward yeah, yeah. that's yeah. just okay a little bit of some trivia if you wow. want we can hang out later and just discuss all of our fears yeah let's do Mary's it. Here I call it, right I call now. it fear of the day I do. You do? Yeah. Like, okay. I'll be scrolling through Facebook and there's a picture of, I think it's called the Woodsman Spider. And I, I sent it, shout out to Jackie, Jackie Otto again. I sent her a text of this big, nasty spider and your said, house? fear of the day. Oh, my word. No. Just now that I know that that spider you just exists, scary spider? I yeah. have an additional oh, thing yeah. to be afraid of. Good. Oh, now, now I know that this is here. I can, yep. I can fear it and, and wonder if it's you waiting for me in my bed. It's really here. Hmm? Like, have you seen one? Not yet. No. <laughs> You're just scared of it? Yeah, because now I know that it exists. You, Is just, it a, you just Googled scary things? No, no, no. I didn't Google it. Some weird friend of mine posted some nasty oh, okay. spider on Facebook. Gotcha. Now, is this something that is native to Indiana? That I did look up. And? I did look up what you know <laughs> what spiders are here. Because my son, he's such a nature nature boy. He just wants to and be. And come in and be like, Mom, look what kind of spider I rocks. found. Yes, exactly. It's your fear of the day. Now I need to know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's jump ahead. Okay, so <laughs> yes, I call Lafayette home. I'm a Ball State grad. Right after college, I moved to Colorado for five years, and that's kind of where I launched my teaching career. Taught kindergarten for 10 years, loved it, but hit a wall of burnout right around year 10. And um, one of my other passions is music, and mm-hmm. that's what brought me to Grace. You sing, right? Yeah, I do. Do you play instruments or? Oh, no. I wish I did. So Joanna and I had the pleasure of sharing a scene in Les Mis a couple years ago, right? <laughs> yes. I was a. Uh... Tyler was my pimp and yeah. I was a hooker. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Les Mis. <laughs> That's putting along, it. Along with Penny Rodriguez. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> Along with my mom. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my right. goodness. <laughs> lady, of, lady of the night, I think is how yes. you referred to yourself. <laughs> so you have a passion for music and that brought you to Grace or you just. As. I, on staff. So I was living in Colorado, was feeling some, um, homesickness. That's what brought me back to Indianapolis. And, um, 
I had a cousin who was attending Grace Church long ago, and she said, hey, this singles group at Grace is amazing. It was called The Point. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where, how I landed at Grace. And The Point was the Jeff Unruh days. Mm -hmm. The, uh, yes, it was many years ago, but in 2004, that's what, that's how I landed at Grace Church. So some of the things we talked about this weekend in terms of singleness is that Christianity and the subculture of evangelical Christians or even church, it's really hard to be a single person and we treat them people. We treat people who are single poorly. Can you talk about if that jives with some of your experience or what have you, what have you felt uh, throughout your life while being a single person within this community? Sure. I, I think, um, my experience through even through Colorado years of being within the church and trying to do singles groups within the church was always something that I was um, seeking out. And I, I just never connected with those groups. Um, but I, I've found community outside of, of, of singles groups, small groups. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's been difficult and I, I think I do relate a bit to, to several things that Barry spoke of over Mm -hmm. the weekend. Did you relate to that opening video at all? Yeah. So uh, (laughs) the, the phrases that I think have been most offensive to me are so this is a video just to set the context oh, yes. this is a video of a guy who's basically saying things that single people don't want to hear or yeah. yeah things that people often say to single people yeah. well single christians specifically yeah you're mm-hmm. right and it was yes. a humorous mm-hmm. video and it got laughs yeah. and it's oh, yeah. it's excellent i but thought it was, was totally relevant yeah. <laughs> really? I wondered you how yeah. that, have you heard real. a lot of that uh, stuff oh yeah of course yeah <laughs> and i think one of one of the ones that i hear most is um he's out there. Mm. And I, I have said to people, you're, you're not God and you don't know that. Please don't say that to me. Oh my goodness. He's out there. He's out there. He's in the woods. At what point is that completely annoying? I I don't know, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I feel like at some point you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's then you just hear that enough and you're like, get away from me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's annoying. Did people ever sort of try to spiritualize other than, you know, did they ever try to spiritualize your singleness and say things like, well, now you know, like Jesus is your boyfriend. I mean, that was one of the ones they joked yeah. about on the video or things like things like, you know, how how great that like that that God has just picked you and uh, do, do you know what I'm saying? Have people chosen tried to like you for the gift chosen you yes. and it's like they've tried to imply that that somehow they're trying really hard to make it fit that you're single yeah. and it's okay to be single. That's right. Even though they don't feel like it's okay. And so they're trying to use faith to yeah. put labels on it. Definitely Barry. I think I've, I've certainly felt that. Yeah. Um, so you, I've known you, you, we share a small group and I've known you for a couple of years now and I've just been so intrigued and fascinated that you, you use the situation and the season of life that you're in to do a ton of like self discovery Mm -hmm. and try to listen to what God might be teaching you or bringing you through. And so I've, I've really recognized that in you. Can you talk a little bit about um, some things you've learned about yourself through the journey of singleness? Um, Because right now, I mean, you are in a 
relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to talk about that? I don't know. Are we? Well, that's I mean, up to yeah, you. Yes, up to you. Okay. yes, we can. Okay. I didn't know if, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. so a lot of the time that I've known you, you've been a single person mm-hmm. and you've done a ton of self-discovery. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about some things that you've done or things that you've learned about yourself or mm-hmm. about God uh, through your journey of singleness? Absolutely. I, you know, I really strive to find contentment in no matter in whatever season. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, the space that I've been given to be single has allowed me to, um, exactly what you said, Tyler, just discover who I am and, um, find the joy in, in the season that, that I'm in. And I, I, I want to be able to look back on my single years and say, I rocked my single years. And I, yeah, I have yeah. um, some of the I've had amazing opportunities. I lived in Guatemala for a year. I've traveled a lot. Um, I I have a nephew that I can be absolutely obsessed with. I was going to say he's so, like a huge part of your yeah, life. right? And I know that I know that those are are things and, and opportunities that maybe I would not have been able to. Mm-hmm. Um, have, had I not been single. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I have embraced that season, even though I've never stopped the desire to be married. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I just want to make sure looking back that I lived it the best way that I could, Mm. if that makes sense. And I mean, in my experience, as I, I got to age 30, three-ish before I met Olivia and or 30, whatever. And so I was single for a long time and I discovered that, man, I really got to understand who I was, why I do things the way I do. I figured mm-hmm. out how I like to live, how I like, you know, mm-hmm. what my apartments should feel like and Absolutely. look like. Um, I imagine, and I'm, I'm interested, Marin, with you, since you got married pretty young, oh my. that you, you have had to do all of that discovery <laughs> with another person oh my goodness. that you are tied to. Yeah. How does that, does that, seem like something that you well talk to me about that do you yeah, uh, yeah. I, I honestly did not know I came to listen because I got married when I was 20 so I I can't really talk a lot about mm-hmm. my own personal experience with singleness because I got married when I was 20 I've already been married for 15 years um that's not um typical you know my my friends uh today were, right not typical today sure my friends were single into their 30s some are just having their first kids some aren't married yet some just got married we had to discover who we were together and stay together right mm-hmm. that is more difficult than i can mm-hmm. even express so i guess joanna i imagine the same thing is true you you've learned a lot about yourself over the last few years but without having to also be learning about a spouse has that affected your dating relationships has that has that affected uh the way that you understand yourself in this world like talk talk to me about that oh 100% i you know i've spent a lot of my single life um trying to find identity in in men and and the men that i date and i think um practically 15 years of being single has been devoted to finding my identity in God and, and not finding identi- identity in, in the men that I date. So it's been, that has been a huge growth for me, for sure. Hmm. Wow. How long, um, how, how long did it take before you were like, I need to stop finding my identity mm-hmm. in these men mm-hmm. and I'm going to turn my attention 
Like how long in that process or journey did it take for you to come to that realization? I'd say after college is when I started being a little more picky in who I dated or being okay with not dating people for yeah. a season. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I think let's jump into the sermon a bit. Barry this past weekend spoke on this very topic. And so I want to, I want to jump into that so we can all kind of have a conversation around how singleness is treated uh, within our church and within Christian communities in general. So Barry, can you kind of give us a snapshot of kind of your big thought or big idea this past weekend when you, when you preached about this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I had to do a lot of extra fun facts this week because there was a lot of stuff I didn't get to. I wish I wish I could have spoken for about an hour and a half. I think I would have then probably felt satisfied covering it all. But uh, what I essentially was saying, I, I was using 1 Corinthians 7, where Paul talks about singleness. And I use that to basically convey the idea, the big idea that in the kingdom of God, in the church, uh, singleness is not a curse. It's actually a gift. It's a gift uh, because... As Paul says, uh, when you're single, you can you can devote yourself to God's kingdom fully with with as few distractions as possible. So uh, mm. that's that's essentially what I was getting at. And then get it kind of flipping to the second half of the sermon and getting more practical. The, the reality is the only way that we're going to be able to experience singleness as a gift is if we begin recovering uh, how the early church understood spiritual family. If we really become a place where everybody is is a brother and a sister and a father and a mother in a spiritual sense, uh, where, where single people can thrive and be woven into family and not just exist on the outside edges. Uh, if we can get there, then I think we'll, we'll experience that gift of singleness in our midst. Uh, because the way it is right now, they both kind of have to go hand in hand, uh, because if we expect single people to thrive, uh, and be a gift and yet we're not opening our lives to them, then that's probably going to be impossible. You talked about um, restoring singleness to a place of honor in the church. That really stuck out to me, thinking about the early church and um, monastic orders or or things where uh, the community would step in to support those who had intentionally taken a vow of celibacy or just understood that this is a single individual, we're going to step in and uh, support them. Yeah, and it's interesting that that today, really the only place that you can find that kind of thing is like in the Catholic Church, priests and nuns. Like that, those are the only people that we think of who actually take vows of celibacy. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting that that was actually a much more common mm-hmm. idea in the early days of the church, whereas now it's sort of something that weirdos do. On is the, that on, you because know. the church yeah. recognized it as a calling and a purpose? There was an intentionality behind it. I think a lot of times. Um, we assume that if you're single, you are not content being single and that like the end game is to find a spouse. And so then, you know, we start saying the silly things like, oh, he's out there, she's out there or whatever, mm-hmm. um, without thinking, well, wow, maybe this person is content. And, you know, all of the things that you just described, learning more about yourself in him and being dedicated to service in him. And we don't even recognize that maybe we are kind of projecting our desires onto that person and that might it might not even be that person's desire. I'd love to blame this on an American thing, but I don't think it is because every time I've ever been to another country and I get to know those folks back in the day before I was married, they would all their one of their first questions was when are you going to be married? 
you know. Right. There may even be more pressure in yeah. other countries. Yeah. So where, when did this start? When did it start where it flipped from culture, you know, respecting Around 1397. Yeah. I need an exact date and time, Marin, please. Well, but here's the thing. I don't, I don't think, I think it was always considered normal to get married. So I don't, I don't think this was something that, that like back in ancient Rome, people were like, oh yeah, singleness is such a gift. And then somehow modern day America, they, we lost it. I think it's more unique within the church where marriage is seen as not just not the only option. I think that's an idea that that stuck mm-hmm. with the church, but I don't know. I think basic human culture would say marriage is normal in every culture and every time in history that that sort of is the norm. So I don't know that it has necessarily changed. I just think we've lost something that was so unique about the early church that that in many ways everybody became completely equal regardless of their status, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their wealth they were all one. They're all one. And so in that context, all of a sudden, people who do have somewhat non-normal life callings can still thrive. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to draw too fine of a line on this because, yeah. And the thing is, marriage now doesn't look anything like marriage a long time ago. I mean, back in ancient Rome, nobody thought of your wife as your friend. Like, mm. that's a weird thing to think yeah. for them. But now that's the norm. That's mm-hmm. ex- the expectation. You're my best friend. Yeah. Well, and marriage in the Midwest, marriage in Indiana is different than marriage in Chicago. I yeah. mean, people in Chicago are not even getting married until late 30s, mm-hmm. 40s. That, and here there's pressure at 20s and 30s. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I will say there's one place in Chicago where that is not true, <laughs> and that is at Moody Bible Institute. <laughs> <laughs> where I attended, so where true. we had things like we had sayings like "ring by spring" or, or your, your money, money back. back. Get your and MRS yeah, degree. Exactly. It's ring the church. By yeah, yeah. It's, it's the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have mm-hmm. a friend um, who's not a believer, but she's 35 and just got married on Halloween, just in Chicago, in at by a justice of the peace. My friends in Chicago <laughs> are not doing this whole Midwestern, you know. No. Uh, Was she dressed as like a Star Wars character or something? She or? wanted to wear a costume. <laughs> She did, and I advised her against it. What was the costume that she wanted to wear? Oh, I think she said a cat. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm like, you know, your kid's going to look at these pictures someday. You're going to want to put yeah. these up in your house. I mean, technically, like, the clothes we wear while we're getting married are costumes, right? <laughs> I guess. It's, yeah. yeah. You don't wear that, like, often? <laughs> Actually, the, the stuff I wore at my wedding, I still wear, like, every week. Because really? I just got... Lauren was like, what do you think about... Um, clothes for the wedding and I said let me go to my closet and look and I just picked stuff that I already had <laughs> and I still wear it Aww, sounds so nice. it really wasn't a costume for me I but think we should put wedding pictures on the the website at some point maybe you do? not maybe not for this sermon but I think they'd be hilarious <laughs> <Yeah>. we're <laughs> talking about singleness here's yes, our wedding let's, pictures. Let's bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so some of the things you also talked about were uh how in the context of singleness being a gift, can you talk a little bit, and I'd love to hear from everybody, how you've seen um, it in your own life or the lives of those who you love who are single, how they've accepted or embraced the gift of being single? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I talked about it a bit in my sermon, but during those those years where I was single, and it was like 14 years from girlfriend to girlfriend, um, I had the freedom and the flexibility to do a lot of stuff. I started my nonprofit world next door. I traveled the world. I, I 
I, I, mean, I was a couch potato going into it, but I ended up coming out as someone who climbs mountains and eats tarantulas and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it was a weird, weird turn of events for my life. And but, you never could have done that had you been in a. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I I know some married people who have done some incredible things. I mean, like like the Lorentz in in our at our church plant in London, they uprooted their entire family. They had three kids and they moved all the way to London. That's true. So you can do things when you're married. You can do crazy things, but man, they will be the first ones to tell you just how hard that mm-hmm. was. Very challenging. So so I it's more just you have the freedom and you can when I w- the way I used to look at it and the way I used to talk about it is I was single and thankfully I didn't have any debt out of school. And so I, I looked at everything and I was like, you know, worst case scenario, whatever I'm doing right now isn't going to work and I'll go move into my parents' basement. So there was literally nothing I had to worry about. Uh, I could just go where I felt God was leading me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Joanna? How have you used the season of life that you spent being single? You said it was 15 years. How did you, how did you use that? Or did you use that as uh, opportunity to receive a gift from God? About Weston, my nephew, is my current mission. I get to spoil him all the time. I think the being disciples, um, being a discipler to other single women has been huge Mm -hmm. that I get to speak life in, in to them and encourage them during this season. But I do want to, I want to reference what Barry said about the expectations we're placing on, on marriage Mm -hmm. and spouses, because I think during my years of singleness, I have been able to find friendships and not my identity in men so that when I do get married, I, I have the freedom to not put all of that pressure on him. So I, Hmm. I feel like I've been in years and years of training on how to live, um, a, a great life and not, uh, put that on someone else, yeah. if that makes sense. So you're referring to when Barry said, we have way too many expectations on our yeah, spouse. I, yeah. I said that, you know, we put so many expectations. We expect our spouse to be uh, our our best friend, our confidant, our spiritual companion, our accountability partner, our counselor, our coach, and all of that, you know, while trying to keep the, the fires of romance alive. That is, I just... All I was saying is that's an awful lot to put on one person and none of it's wrong and no, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but, but that is potentially, uh, going to set us up for failure when that person can't be all things. Yeah. It's hard. It's, hard. Mm-hmm. it's a hard bar to live up to. Yeah. Oh yeah. And where do you go when your spouse lets you down mm-hmm. if you yeah. don't have solid mm-hmm. friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think the, the idea of intimacy, the word intimacy, it, it's, I mean, how would you guys describe, what was your, what would be your definition of intimacy? Closeness, a deep knowledge of the other. Connecting deeply. Yeah. So those are things, none of those things require uh, marriage. Those are things you can have intimacy with a person, uh, a friend. And yet for some reason we've shied away from finding intimacy in those friendships. I even had, a, I had a young adult one time, she was talking to me and, and was very uh, concerned cause she was having trouble making friends and finding, uh, and she really wanted a boyfriend and she went on and on about that. And I said, I think what you need to find uh, is, is you need to find intimacy with other girls, other, other people your age. And, and she immediately was like, what? Ooh, why would I find intimacy with? And I was like, no, that's not what it means. She didn't oh, gosh. had never thought about. She she never had thought about the possibility 
of intimacy being anything other than romantic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, anyway, that's, that was just an interesting, interesting twist to that. So I, that doesn't sound like a normal answer that single people hear. They usually hear things like, well, if you would just, whatever, grow closer to God or like pay attention to God, maybe he'll bring you, as soon as you stop thinking about this, then your husband or wife appears, right? Right. Like, what are some of those things that you guys have heard oh my goodness. throughout <laughs> your lives that just drive you insane? If you stop looking. If you stop yeah. looking, yeah. stop looking. That's okay. all you gotta I've do. I've never stopped looking. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, I stop always looking. open. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, and and I think there's a general feeling that if you just keep trying, the one will emerge. And so I had a lot of people, you know, trying to set me up with people, blind dates. They, you know, like, hey, have you met my my nephew or my not my nephew? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No. I have you met my niece? Have you met my cousin? Whatever. Uh, yeah. That did. That sounds like a great blind date. No, but I. I had some. I had some pretty. Uh, some pretty rough blind dates. I had a lot of really delightful blind dates with people that just there was no spark, so I didn't pursue it. And now you did put that as a fun fact. Yeah, I and had one. So, so our um, what do we call it? That the, the Grace app? Church app where yeah. there's sermon notes. The fun facts are my favorite part. My favorite, favorite part. And at one point... They're basically I, I like was, subtweets. Whatever that means. <laughs> oh, um, no. It's kind of like a Netflix button, but for... Okay. Yeah, Seriously. Sorry. So I'm sitting next to both of my kids, and I read one of your fun facts, and I, I kind of put my phone over to Desi, and I put my phone over to Jaden to have them read along with that. Um, I feel like it keeps their attention, mm -hmm. and it's something they can relate to, because what, what was it, Lord of the Rings? That well, you yeah, about? so this one blind date. my son's date. Favorite, favorite. Okay, so I went on this yeah. one blind date with, with this girl, and most of them were not like this, but this was one one blind date where, man, it was a struggle. It was so hard <laughs> to keep a conversation going, because all of her answers were one-word answers, no follow-up questions. I was like, so oh what's your family like? Oh, they're good. And, and then, and then my favorite one, which I, I put in the app was at one point I asked her, I was getting desperate. I don't really, I wasn't huge into music at the time, but I was like, um, I don't know what, what kind of music do you listen to? And she said, the radio. <laughs> that was it. And that, I was it's like, I don't specific. It's oh, not, it's like, what's, I didn't ask her what mode of listening. <laughs> you even bother to say like what station, what kind, no, what I genre. just, I didn't, I was so stunned by the answer that I didn't know where to go oh, with that. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, we found somehow through conversation, we discovered that, that we both shared a mutual interest in Lord of the Rings. And so we spent the entire rest of the date talking about like the, the minutia of like the, the lore in the Silmarillion. And like, we got real deep into that. And, uh, unfortunately I didn't think that that one common interest was enough oh, wow. to keep a relationship thriving. And so we, we parted ways. I don't I'm know what she's doing that today. That's going to be my son's first date. He's 14, but I could totally see him being that guy. Like, really? So, he loves Lord of the Rings. Oh my goodness. Ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Joanna, do you have any blind date horror stories? Well, I'm going to put a plug in for online dating because. Yeah. Um, so I did online dating recently as the six month subscription I had 1,500 <gasps> compatible matches. Wow. My okay, goodness. 1,500. Look at all months. those fish in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one right there. That's something people say. Okay, the first date that I went on, two-hour date, he talked for an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, man. And Do you remember you about what? You were timing what? it. 
You were looking at your watch. Him, I, I don't know. Just, just him? Just himself. Uh, no, he did not ask me about me. And I think at the end of the date, he was like, so I think this has gone really well. <laughs> Do you want to get together again? <laughs> Do you, okay. So when that happens, I've only been on one blind date and I blew it. So when somebody says that, are you guys honest? And like, eh, I don't think so. Oh, what, on the spot? No or? way. Some, sometimes, yes. This one came later in a text. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I'm looking for a connection and a specific connection, and I did not feel it with you. Okay. Do you give him pointers? Like, buddy, you, you talked about yourself for an hour oh, and 45 minutes. I should minutes. have, Marin. You know? I know. I, I, I didn't have But in his defense, learn. he's amazing, right? He's an amazing man <laughs> who's done incredible things with his life and deserves to have an entire two-hour date. About talking him. about himself. I, I hope. Was he the most interesting man in the world? <laughs> Doesn't look like it by her look on her face. No, no, no. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, okay, so then you flipped it and you said, in order for, because this was really a direct hit on isolation. We talk about the six broken places and the idea of um, single, changing how we talk about singleness is a direct hit on the broken place of isolation. And so you flipped it and you started addressing the church in general and specifically grace, grace church. Like in order to be a thriving church, we have to do these things. Uh, I think we have a clip to set us up. In the kingdom of God, singleness is not a curse. It's a gift. Why? Because in a thriving church community, single people are never really alone. Said that with so much very emphasis. Very passionate. It's too much. It's too much. Liv, Liv would shake her head because she says sometimes you really? use your pastor voice. And <laughs> so I'm trying to try not to be as as pastor voicey in my in my sermons, but sometimes but that, it happens. Sometimes that's a really interesting to... thought. You can't be a thriving church if you exclude groups and members of your church in the in the community. And according to basically the big idea is we as a church and as Christians kind of aren't that great at treating singleness with uh, an all-inclusive mentality or, or posture. Yeah, I think it's a blind spot. I think that you're bringing awareness to something that many of us, including my husband and I, are like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, man, we stink. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, a blind spot is a good word for it because it's not intentional. I don't, think, I don't think anyone's being malicious. And most of the things that people say to single people or about singleness, it's totally from a good place. But... It's one of those things where if we are not cognizant of how our posture is affecting people, we are missing out on on them doing the most and 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 using their gifts for our church. I mean, it's it's the kind of the basic idea of what it means to be the church is that everybody becomes a participating member. Everybody gets a gift in the gifts of the spirit, and they use those for the building of the body. and And everybody has a different. Uh, a different purpose in this body. And so if we are holding people back and saying, sorry, you don't get to participate. You don't get to be an active, like important member in this church until you reach a certain sort of sociological, you know, mm -hmm. life experience, yeah. uh, we're, we're missing out. So I was hanging out with one of my single friends, um, right after Sunday service. Um, we spent the whole day just hanging out together. And I did ask her, do you not want me to ask you certain questions or say certain things to you. And because there's already a relationship there, she said, Oh no, no, you know, we can, you can, we can discuss this stuff. I think there's a, a fear on the part of some people of like, uh Oh, now I, I don't want to ask cause 
maybe I'm offending and I, I didn't realize I was offending. Is there a distinction between, you know, just well-meaning small talk and like an actual relationship with yeah, because you gave you gave three very practical steps for people who are not single to to um, make the community and the culture a thriving church. I'm going to play those before you answer Marin's question. We can invite single people into our homes and into our lives. We can increase the value of friendship in our church. We can change our language to honor singleness. So invite singles into our homes in our lives, increase the value of friendship in church. And this is what Marin's addressing, change the language we use to honor singleness. Uh, yeah, can you talk a little bit more about that? And um, what are the rules? Like as a not single person, what are the rules in engaging this to be more honorable? Because I agree with Marin. I, I know people, uh, my sister is single and I, can I talk about this with her? Like, I don't know if it's offensive. I don't, when I talk about it with Joanna, who I've known for a few years in our small group, and I know that she is doing online dating, and I know that's something she's participating in. What are the rules? Like, what now? What what are the all of what is it? All of a sudden, a light bulb needs to go off in my head that maybe I'm being offensive by bringing it up, or what? I think that it's a great question to ask. Like, when the light bulb goes off, to ask yourself, why am I? Why am I asking this question? And what is my relationship with this person? Marin, you said it, you said it really well. You have a relationship with someone. And so, and, and Tyler, you've got a relationship with Joanna. So, you know, this is something that she wants, that she's working on, that she's got going on. She's got a relationship that, and so asking her those questions is actually, it's, it's a more loving thing to do. I think where I was coming from more is from the, more on the acquaintance side of things. Um, you know, I am a pastor's kid and I live in the fishbowl and everybody <laughs> tends to think that they probably know me a little more than they actually do. Um, so I'm used to people asking me lots of questions. And so, so it's just you had strangers coming up to you and asking about your dating life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like routinely. Ugh. So maybe I'm a little bit more, maybe I'm <laughs> a little bit terrible. too yeah. far on the extreme of this experience, but it just, it's one of those things where I said it in my sermon. If I'm struggling to find romance, I probably don't really want to talk with you who I have barely ever met before yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. um, that Cause sense. it either forces me to, to come up with some sort of positive spin on things <laughs> or, or to, you know, to, to be honest. And then all of a sudden I'm talking with a stranger about my broken heart and challenge oh. of feeling lonely. Like, so it's more just, if you, if, if you know the person, you have a relationship with that person Talk about the things that are going to be most honoring to them. And if their heart's desire is to find a relationship and to be in, in, in a romantic relationship, then you can be there for them and talk with them. But at the same time, you could also talk about someone's passions and their, their mm. interests and how God has been using them and what they've been learning. And in that way, you can honor them in their singleness and not make it seem as if marriage is the only thing that would make them normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Joanna? Well, I keep coming back to the word identity. So my identity is not my singleness, nor is your identity, your marriage. Right. So I love the thought of no matter who you are, good questions to ask in general, whether you're single or married, but we're talking about singleness is, hey, what are you passionate about? What's your calling? What's new? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. That's I, Barry's favorite. I use that a lot I, when I'm talking to people. If I don't mm -hmm. know what, if I don't know what to say next, I'll just say what's new, because it could mean they they can interpret it however they want, use it however they mm -hmm. want, and that's just so brilliant. I don't. 
Usually my I response, though. I feel like I'm though, terrible at talking to people. Usually. <laughs> why would I not have even Marin, thought to have said you're that? You're great. You're not. What's new? Can I also say but why I say that? my answer is like, eh, not much. <laughs> right. Right. Well, in which <laughs> case, like, kick the ball back into my side of the yeah. court. I'm like, oh, what's, what's new, new with you? you? <laughs> Neat. How's that job? Job? Working out? <laughs> you know? Well, I've been here for like seven years. It's fine. Yeah. What are your passions? Yeah. So here's, can I be totally brutally honest? Uh, the reason I say what's new sometimes, not all the time, not all the time, but sometimes, is because I'm not exactly sure what that person's name is. Yes. And it's a quirky exactly. question. Oh, busted. You're busting yourself okay. out. What's right? new, yeah, Buckaroo? Hey, no, no, no. Buddy. And, and here's, the, here's the trick if you, you can't, you got to say a question that's like weird, like a little bit, sort of like what's new, or hey, what in the world have you been up to, or something, <laughs> something weird. Uh, but or and here's the thing don't ever use the long hey because that's a dead giveaway don't ever be like hey oh i totally do that dead giveaway no oh. short hey short, short hey, hey if you don't know the person's name hey what's new all of a sudden you're talking about their lives and you can remember where you know them from and they'll eventually tell you something about oh. then every now and then, every now and then though this is like pastor life for you but every now and then someone will come up and this has happened to me before they're like Barry, I just wanted you to know it worked out great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, oh, Ooh. that's awesome. So glad to hear that. Uh, Tell me exactly how that worked yeah, out. Yeah, I've done this before where I I don't remember someone's name and I'll ask them, how do you spell your name again? Yeah. J-O-H-N. Yeah, they're like, D-A-N. I'm like, yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. So there's no H in the day. Right. Yeah. It's right, Don. It's Dan, it's right? Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, Our, that, you're giving all of your secrets yeah. away, guys. Well, now I got to change my my quirky question to ask. Yes, you do. Yes. Oh my goodness. So talking about um, honoring singleness, Joanna, have you? Okay, so I'm going back to the question of what are the rules, because if I have a relationship with you and I'm asking about this, now I know saying things like, um. God's got it under control or whatever. Ooh. And you have told me that you've corrected people or you've not corrected, but you've, you've said, you know what? You're not God, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you talked mm-hmm. about that in your story. Mm-hmm. Um, well, God's got it under control is true. God's got someone out there for you. He's got someone picked out just for yes. you. That's, that's different. Okay. Yes. That's breaking the rules right there. Okay. So, but yeah. Okay. So I have a relationship with you. I'm mm-hmm. asking how's dating going. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know what? I know that it's not going great because of what you just told me, uh, but God's got someone for you. So like that all of a sudden is off limits, even though I have a relationship with you. Right. So what are the rules? There's no, there's no rules. This isn't, this isn't, I'm not, I need some rules guys. (laughs) All right. The rule is don't speak on behalf of God and his, in his, unless, unless it's something that, you know, for a fact comes straight out of scripture or something how about this the rule is no i was going to say the rule is say what you want but be willing to humbly receive whatever that response is because i think joanna what you've what you've said you've done is you said you know what you're not god Mm -hmm. so don't say that to me Mm in a a nicer in a way better way joanna would say in a way that you'd walk away feeling really great about yourself yeah and i think that if if you if you're t- in the context of singleness, if you are not single and you're talking about this with somebody that you care about, you just need to be humble and be like, listen to the response. Like, if that's the response, don't get offended, right? Because I'm going to say things that 
I think are weird and awkward, or you think are weird and awkward because I shouldn't be talking about oh, it yeah. that way, and, right? And I never take that personally. I just think listeners need to know that when you say God's got someone for you or he's out there or she's out there, that's basically just punch yourself in the face. Well, I think it's, I think it's insensitive. Yeah, it I, is. I think it's putting false hope in, in. Okay. So trying to solve the problem is the rule, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, how's that going? Uh, it's going great or it's not going great. And then the next step would be for me to be like, well, don't worry. God's got someone for you. Like me trying to solve it is, mm-hmm. is against and what the it's rules. Really, what you're really saying is, oh, I don't know what and I'm feeling uncomfortable <laughs> yeah, about yeah. that. So here, let me say something that makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's really so what's trying, happening. Trying to solve it or whatever. You're, you're trying to diffuse a tense situation by saying something, you know, just kind of anecdotal. Oh, God's got someone out there for you. Would it be better to say... um, you know, how can I pray for you? Absolutely. Right. Or how about, Hey, I'm, I'm hoping the best or I'm praying for, for you Mm -hmm. to find that person. Or wow. That, that blind date sounded really rough. I can't believe he mm -hmm. talked that whole time. Man. Yeah. That's gotta be (laughs) so hard. Little empathy. Empathy. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me come on over to your side of the table Mm -hmm. and, and you know, Marin, why'd you look at me like that? Oh no, no. So I always have I said a thousand. Empathy. I thought no, that was good. it's not personal. It's not <laughs> you. It's me. I always have a thousand thoughts clamoring for brain space at the exact same time. So I'm a little bit stuck on the plug for online dating because I think it's terrifying. You think online oh. dating is terrifying? I know that it's successful it is, for lots of people, but it is I've, terrifying. I've had friends in Chicago, which is perhaps maybe. Um, a scarier place than it's how, is it, it's how every it, horrific is dates. there still, still a stigma about this or did it go away because i know when it started there is but at like a, th- a third of people now are that's how they meet I know that's that how they do but we would mm-hmm. sit like she'd come over to my house when she was single and we'd sit on my couch cracking up and at the messages and that she got yeah. from swipe people. right mm-hmm. cracking up or or just like grossed out like Ah, scary. Mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of friends who've who've done online dating and tried it, and I even got close to considering it. I didn't. It was for me. It was just because I'm super cheap and I didn't want to spend any money. <laughs> so that was my main reason for not doing it. If someone had given me a gift certificate for a year of eHarmony, I would have jumped on it immediately. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but I, so I've got these friends. Craig, Craigslist that, is free. That is. Stop that's, it. Well, that's when you end up going down a path you don't you don't come back from. Stop. Uh, but but I actually have quite a few friends who, even though online dating had its pitfalls for sure, they found somebody. They've been married and the, their marriage is thriving and healthy and amazing. So yeah, yeah I know there's success stories and there's You're horror just stories. I'm always scared. Yeah, so you know that there's a spider <laughs> that exists that didn't you didn't yeah, know exist yesterday. Also, as, as an old so soul <laughs> like you are, Marin, I imagine that you you struggle to trust. To put your life in the hands of an algorithm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Numbers, yes, number six is here. Yeah. This was a huge. I was just thinking, risk you're so me. brave. Like you don't know that me. did that. You're so oh, brave. Marin, you have, yeah, <laughs> you don't. You have no idea. <laughs> you would let a computer put you in the same room as a stranger. <laughs> That's terrifying. I would have like ten different exit plans. Like always, like planning for the worst case scenario. If this happens, I'm ducking mm-hmm. under the table. Mm-hmm. If this happens, I'm like running what? out the door. Like my bear spray is on table. your belt. No, anything. Yeah. Yeah, I got to be prepared. Like the mafia comes in? 
anything. That That is not outside the realm of possibility in my in world. In Chicago, that's true. <laughs> One yeah. thing we didn't talk about that I wanted to make sure that I thanked you for and brought up was that you made a distinction between the different types of singleness. Oh, yeah. You know, and it wasn't an exhaustive list, but you were careful Absolutely. to say that there mm-hmm. is a difference between being a single parent and somebody uh, who lost a spouse uh, who's who's older or somebody who's divorced or somebody who's never been married there right. you know or or people who are single and really want to get married and mm-hmm. people who are single and would love the idea of a vow of celibacy there's the, even that's a, a big difference yeah i loved when you said imagine if single parents didn't have to raise their kids alone you know that we need to look at this singleness thing as not just you know that young person in college who needs a family but maybe it's the single mom across the street from you who really needs support in her singleness yeah and and the bigger uh, the bigger reality here is you can't draw such fine lines about anything i mean married people there's there's 30 different types of married people Mm -hmm. who are who need different kinds of support really Mm -hmm. this was one facet of a much bigger conversation about how we become a spiritual family and stop isolating ourselves and start start making a more rich and vibrant community period Mm -hmm. all around. Mm -hmm. And we showed a video in service about a single person who is really connected with a family who has married, married couple with kids and stuff. And it's a beautiful story of how that, that person has basically taken on the role of aunt. Mm -hmm. And I know, um, Joanna, you've mentioned your, your nephew Weston, Mm -hmm. uh, and you are his literal aunt, mm-hmm. but can you talk a little bit about how this season of your life you have really like grown into the role? Cause you, what does he call you? Jojo. Aunt Jojo. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about what that's meant to you and what you think that probably means to him and his family? Oh, well, uh, you know, I think about the freedom of being single, I can get in my car pretty much at any time to go visit them in Lafayette. Um, and the bonding that's happened because of the time that I've been able to invest, um, has just been remarkable. And I just know that if it had been a different season, I may not have had the luxury to do that. So that's just, again, being an aunt, being aunt Jojo is, is one of my missions right now. Mm. Yeah. And so I really jive with that story because I have two sisters. Uh, one just had a baby like right after my wife and I did. The other one is, is single right now. She wants to get married and I hope, you know, I hope she does, but right now she's single and, uh, she has taken on the, the role and totally owned, um, being the best aunt ever. And so, Every week she's very intentional, like, hey, I want to come see Milo or my other, my sister's son's name is Will. Hey, I want to come see Will. And she'll come and spend time with them and take pictures with them. And uh, from the moment that they're born, she's she's there and she's going to be very, very involved in their lives. And, ho- uh, you know, hopefully she gets what she wants in marriage and stuff. But whether she's single or married, these kids are going to know her right. in a way that maybe they wouldn't get to know had she been in a different part or a different season of her life this whole time, you know? And it's totally true. Even outside of, outside of family, uh, I've, I've been in the same small group for 10 years and we started as a loose kind of mix of, of single people and dating people and one married couple. And now or over the next 10 years, uh, the, it pretty much all became all married people and me. I was the one, 
I was the, what, the 11th wheel or something. And so I was the single guy, but as everybody started popping out babies left and right for the last five years or so, I got to be there. You have a way with words. Yeah, popping out, man. I've been Sorry, there. I've seen some things. It's it's a lot more involved than popping out. <laughs> yeah, well, I, as a, yeah, as a, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, but, but here's the thing. I've been able to be, as a, over those years as a single person, I was able to invest in each of those couples and invest in each of their kids in ways because I had all the energy. I was, I've been at the hospital holding almost every single one of the babies in our small group when they were born. Yeah. And I'm in their lives and some of them I know probably more than others, but for the most part, they think of me as Uncle Barry and I'm mm-hmm. I'm able to support these families. I've babysat them from time to time. Like this, yeah. this is just a, it's a gift to be able to have the energy and the ability to do that. Um, so even, even in a non-family situation, it totally. Yeah. And also true. by the way, like being around other people's kids and not, feeling the way that I do is a skill, right? I can't be around other people's kids and like love <laughs> life. <laughs> like I serve in the nursery at Christmas and stuff and whatever. Like, I've heard the story. It's better. Really? It's better that I go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but Barry, the way that you have cared for my son, I think you've, I don't know, maybe you've always just loved other people's kids, but I think that th- what you just described and like being a part of other people's, uh, families even while you're single like you've developed or you just have this ability to care for someone else's child in ways that I admire and like not everybody treats my son the way that you treat my son and whether that's because you were single and you had that experience or that's just the way you are like I've noticed that and it's it's a real gift to families when you can interact with somebody who cares for your kid that much you know yeah, absolutely it was a gift to me I, I had that my best friend was much what you're describing when my kids were being born and she was single and she was helping me decorate for every over-the-top birthday party I ever threw for my kids yeah. and um, taking my one child out to buy a birthday present for my other child like just doing all the fun stuff I'm so thankful um, for her role in their lives especially in those early yeah. years yeah. Cool. Yeah. And in answer to your question, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know why kids seem to really like me and I like kids and they, yeah. it's like a, it's a great match cause, uh, I'm able to make them laugh probably cause I have a really expressive smile and kids seem to re- respond to that or something. If kids didn't have such sticky hands, I'd probably like them a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Your son has the sticky, a lot. The sticky, uh, sticky hands, hands just puts me over the top, man. <laughs> You really have a lot of sensory issues. The more I get to know you, the more I realize wet this tortillas is true. and sticky oh. hands. Well, guys, <laughs> anything else on singleness? I'd love to make one more comment about it. It is really easy to get stuck in the "I want to be married" mode mm. when you're single, and I think it takes it to be intentional about finding. Um, singleness is a gift is hard work, but it's worth it to be able to say, I'm going to, I'm going to rock my singleness Mm -hmm. and here's how I'm going to do it. So that would be, if I could speak to all the singles out there, enjoy it, Mm. be intentional about finding the joy in your singleness while still desiring to be married. You Mm. can, you can do both. Mm. That's a great note to end on. Joanna. Thank you so much for being yeah, here. Thank it you. was an honor. Yeah. It was fun. 
you, like I said, you're one of my favorite people. So I'm glad that we got to share podcast together. Thanks so much. Thank you for being so honest. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, thanks to Barry for giving us the deets on his uh, sermon and kind of a look behind the scenes and what you're thinking and share some more experiences. Thanks. Thanks to that. Until next time, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, If you are not single, please consider inviting somebody who is to your Thanksgiving table this week. If you are single, I I am hoping that somebody does that for you and and with you. Uh, In the meantime, don't do anything we wouldn't do. Uh, and we will see you on the other side of Sunday. Marin, do you want to sign us out? Ooh, do the KJV. <laughs> do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. That's right. See you next week.